Welcome to the Double Unfiltered Podcast. We are your hosts, our Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anafai Budnar. We are here to educate, empower, and engage you. Today's episode is going to be about mental health. First, we'd like to address what is mental health. Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, how we relate to others, and how we also make choices. On October 10th of um, this year, we celebrated World Mental Health Day. So in honor of that, we wanted to dedicate this episode to mental health in the Black community, but more specifically in the African community. People living with mental health, particularly severe mental health illnesses, are frequently either stigmatized, they're shunned, or they just excluded from mainstream society. And um, this is true in Africa as it is in societies around the world. For people with schizophrenia or bipolar mood disorder or epilepsy, they are frequently subjected to human rights abuses. Um, they are often cast aside um, because of beliefs that psychosis and epileptic seizures are signs of demonic uh, possessions or evil spirits. And I wanted to share a personal story of mine. The first time I was exposed to someone with epilepsy, I was very young. And I would frequent my cousin and best friend's um, home every weekend. And there was a young adult that lived there and he would get seizures. And whenever he had seizures, they would say, Munge danurap. Danurap in Wolof means um, there's a spirit that has entered his body, right? And of course, to young people who are not educated about mental health, it's a very scary thing. And also... The idea was that whatever spirit entered his body was demonic. So I used to be deathly afraid of this young boy. And he was very handsome. He was very good looking. And he was very fun to be around when he wasn't having an episode. But when he was having an episode, it was scary. So even when he's not having an episode, you almost don't want to play with him or don't want to be around him because you can't gauge when an episode is going to happen. You know, so you're like, hey, because you're just scared. There's a fear that mm-hmm. is surrounding people with mental health and the lack of understanding. And um, I know um, we all have personal stories, especially growing up and living in Africa when it comes mm-hmm. to mental health. But I'll, Mary, I'll just pass it over to you and um, see what you're ready to share. Sure. Um, For me personally, I mean, I have uh, quite a few stories, but I would say the first time that I was exposed to mental health um, was, you know, for us and my within my own family was my aunt. um, And then obviously uh, living with my cousin again in the United States. But um, so with my aunt in the Gambia, um, you know, she um, was in a really bad relationship. um, um, Well, married to um, not a really nice person. And I think it was like a lot of depression. She went through a lot of depression. Um, Luckily for her, she was taking medication for it. Um, But it started with, you know, depression going through certain things in life. And then 
obviously the loss of life as well, you know, it affects people very differently. So, you know, that's another thing too that um, we could highlight that, you know, losing a parent or losing a, a child could actually definitely affect you as well. And so, you know, I grew up um, seeing my aunt and um, what she would go through. And then obviously that's how I knew that, oh, you can take medication to actually feel better about it. And then moving into the you know, United States where living with somebody with um, schizophrenia and bipolar, um, you actually see the mood swings and you don't know who you're expecting that at any time. It could be this person or that person and, you know, the mood swings that comes with it. But I think overall, it's, you know, what we have to highlight, too, as as a community is that we don't get to see the doctors or psychologists or psychiatrists early. We don't try to um, we try to put this um, facade of being that strong black woman that, you know, we don't get to go to the doctors. The doctors, you know, for these type of things, they're going to um, put a stigma in and call you crazy or label you as um, somebody who's mentally uh, challenged or mentally disabled and it's not a nice stigma within our community and so because of that people try not to go to the doctor to try to get treatment ahead of time and where medication could have helped so this depression lingers and it becomes something very much more um, severe later on if it's not treated or talked about or to, you know things that you go through so I would let um, our you know our doctor Dr. Nafi just to kind of see from her point of view, um, what she thinks about this, and then we can go deeply um, and highlight a little bit more from our experiences. Thanks, Awa. Um, so in general, um, a mental disorder or mental illness, what it is, it's just conditions that affect our mood, the way we think, and our behavior. And there's an array of different mental health disorders and illnesses that um, people can suffer from or, or have. And these vary from uh, anxiety, things like um, major depression disorder, it could be postpartum depression, um, or something like PTSD, which is a post-traumatic stress disorder, um, all the way to things such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorders, right? Um, these are all things that, that could affect your mental functioning from a day-to-day -day capacity. And uh, unfortunately, these are also things that there's a huge cultural stigma around mental health in our communities. I remember growing up, we would see, you know, uh, the boy down the street or the, the, the young man down the street who has some kind of a mental disorder standing outside on the, uh, you know, sometimes naked, you know, on the street corner and people are pointing, people are laughing. Everybody just kind of goes, you know, oh, ki dofla, you know, you know, ki lila, ki la lila. But it saddens me that, um, you know, there's so many of them. According to um, the latest uh, WHO measure, um, they said that 13% uh, of the adult population in Gambia are likely to have a mental disorder. That's 13%. That's mm -hmm. about 120,000 people. So I'm, I'm going to let that sink in for a second because that's a lot of people. But the sad part about it is that most of these people are either unaware number mm -hmm. one, or they are afraid, they might be embarrassed or ashamed to go and get help or seek help. So therefore they don't 
they just kind of live with it. You know, new core so halal, pretty much. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so uh, the first thing that I was going to highlight was, uh, for example, depression, right? So what is depression? And uh, depression, it's just, it's a persistent feeling of sadness or loss of interest, right? So, so it, might, it might present in a lot of different ways in people. Um, it might be, there's a, there's a test that I usually do when patients come in my office, um, just like a depression screening that we do to see if a patient meets uh, criteria for uh, depression. Mm-hmm. We call it the we call it the PHQ nine uh, uh, screening, and so pretty much that would kind of gauge. We do it in our office every time we have a new patient. We make sure we do that screen right away so that we're not missing any underlining, you know, uh, uh, depression or anxiety or, or something like that. So when you screen it, you can either be you know negative, meaning you don't have any you know depression symptoms at all or you could be under the uh, mild spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. So pretty much it's, it's over the, 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 the scale or the scoring of it is, is, is over 20 something points, right? So if, you, if we ask you a variety of questions, it's a, it's, it's a variety of questions, I believe nine questions it is. And uh, each question has either, you know, never at all, uh, sometimes, most of the time you feel it or all the time you feel it. It's it, they give you a degree of how you're feeling a certain thing, and so we would ask things like, you know, um, you know, have you had change in your sleep? Are you sleeping a lot more now, or are you not having difficulty sleeping? You know, change in appetite. Are you not eating at all anymore, or are you eating more than you usually do? Your level of 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 energy. You know, have you noticed that you are, you now have decreased um, concentration? Do you feel hopelessness, like you're feeling down, that you've, you are a failure or you've put your family, you, you know, you've let your family down? You know, mm-hmm. these are all signs, uh, uh, you know, or, or symptoms that somebody might be exhibiting. Um, and, and one of the, the biggies is that we would always ask a person, you know, are you having any thoughts of, of, of harming yourself or the feelings of being better off dead, you know, uh, in some way? We ask those because these questions kind of help guide our treatment or our intervention. Is it something that this is an emergent thing? This person is thinking of self-harm. We need to get them help as soon as possible versus, oh, this person is feeling a little down. You know, for example, if your score is between five to nine, we consider that mild depression, in which case we might just recommend you do some kind of a a psychotherapy or, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, to help you through whatever you're going through. Or you could be considered a moderate um, uh, uh, depression, which is between 10 to 14 on the score. And then if you have 15 and up, you know, or if you score 15 and up, that is showing, you know, moderate to severe depression. And in that sense, we would usually recommend more than just psychotherapy. We would usually recommend psychotherapy as well as um, a pharmacotherapy, which is medication. So we do a combination of you see a therapist and then you're also taking medication. And the thing is, there is no shame. We need to make it normal. We need to try to normalize the fact that mental health is, it's there. 
it's in Gambia. We cannot deny it. You know, we hear th people say time and time again, things like, you know, I am, I'm African. I can't be depressed. You know, mm -hmm. I'm African. I this. I mean, we need to get away from that kind of mentality. Just like we say things like, we're Black, so you can't have COVID. You know, we're, we're Africans, we can't have HIV. These are all just silly things we say to ourselves. And sometimes they can become a lot dangerous because communities believe it. Therefore, they don't change the risky behaviors. We believe these things. Therefore, we don't seek help or assistance when we should or take medications, you know, because we stigmatize um, all of these things. And so, I mean, there's, I mean, we can talk about this for days, but for now, you know, I just wanted to, to, to highlight what some of those um, mental health issues could be. And um, I, I will come back mm -hmm. to that, bit, but I'll, I'll let you, Anna, um, go ahead and talk a little bit about it also. Yeah, I wanted to just um, take it a little bit to the younger demographic. Um, as you all know, I'm a mother of two. I have a seven-year-old and I have a 13-year-old. And research shows that nearly one in three of all teenagers between the ages of 13 to 18 will experience an anxiety disorder. And um, I was sharing with you ladies that my husband took the kids for their wellness check to the doctor. And um, the doctor noticed signs of anxiety with my 13-year-old daughter. And mind you, Halima is very confident. We talk a lot. We spend a lot of time together. We do mommy and me date nights. Um, so this is a child who gets to express herself very freely. And yet she was showing signs of anxiety. And when they did the test for her, for her it showed that the range of zero anxiety to highly anxious, she was in the middle. So of course, you know, my husband lets me know and I, I had a nice chit chat with her and she did a lot of crying and I allowed her the space to cry and express herself and cry and express herself. And Alhamdulillah, thank God, it was not anything that was so traumatic or it's just teenage angst. It's also, you know, learning how to um, speak to yourself, that voice in your head, how to be gentle with yourself, how to give yourself grace. And she brought up a lot of topics that I think um, parents with teenagers would benefit from. And one of them was the high expectations and pressure to succeed. And she, she admittedly said, it's not coming from us, the parents, it's coming from herself. So a little background story. So my youngest sister went to um, Spelman and my daughter cannot wait to go to Spelman. Mm. And my mom is a Harvard graduate and she wants to do her master's in Harvard. So she puts a lot of pressure on herself. And I keep reminding her, you're in the eighth grade. Worry about eighth grade stuff. Don't right. bring college pressures onto yourself in the eighth grade. Right. So it's just helping her hone that in and giving her perspective. Um, another topic that came up while we were discussing where she felt like she was getting some pressure from was social media. And we just allowed her to get an Instagram account and look at that. She already has issues with social media. Mm. So there's a lot of pressure for today's teens and adults. 
um, that comes from social media and how to handle that. And I feel like if your self-esteem is not where it needs to be, social media might just not be the place for children or mm-hmm. even adults. Right. Sometimes adults, we have to take a break from social media. Um, right. But I just wanted to share that, you know, also, right now, we're dealing with a pandemic that's going on worldwide. Some countries are going through a second wave, some a third wave. People are being, you know, countries are shutting down all over again. So we live in a world that feels scary right now. So we have to check in with our children to find out how are they coping and just to hear them. How do you feel? Now you're doing Zoom schooling from home as opposed to being able to go to your school and interact with your friends. So like, how is that affecting them? And after getting, you know, this report from her doctor about her showing signs of anxiety, now we've set in every day, I was letting you ladies know, we call it tete-a-tete. So it's like mommy and me tete-a-tete. So it's like every day we just take an hour and it's just her and I. Sometimes she joins me on my walks. We get to talk or I go into her room and we sit down and we talk. But I also think it's really important for parents and guardians who have children around them to just, you know, check in with them and make sure that they're okay. And there's lots of signs there. Like, Sometimes the kids can't sleep. Sometimes they can't get off their phone. Sometimes, you know, their grades will drop. These are all signs for you to check in like, well, something must be going on. My daughter is an A student and now she's, you know, showing grades that are like C and B and D. That's a sign that something is going on with her Mm. mentally or something's not okay. So the dropping of grades is definitely a sign. Sleepless nights is also a definite sign. And take their phones from them. I know my husband and I take Halima's phone at nine o'clock every day. She comes and drops her phone off in our room because we want her to be able to sleep. And Mm -hmm. if you wake up in the middle of the night, We don't want you Mm -hmm. to grab your phone because now you're not going to be able to sleep because you find yourself scrolling for hours. Mm -hmm. So, um, our Mary, I know you're a mother of three. So I I would be interested to hear if you have, um, any, anything to share as far as your kids and their mental health and what it is that you do. Um, yes, actually, um, you know, you, I can resonate with a lot of things that you were saying, um, in terms of the girls, um, everybody, obviously, people that know me, they know that I um, lived in the U.S. for a long time and then I moved a couple of years ago, uh, ago to Spain. So the move, um, you know, we, you know, obviously it's all of us, the entire family. And we did not think that it would be affecting the children that much. We were like, oh, they're kids. We can just pack up and go. You know, that time my son was 14, about to turn 15. And then, you know, my daughter's were 10 and, and 8, I think, um, respectively. And so, you know, we picked them up like they're young enough. We, you know, moved to a different country. And we didn't, even though we, we knew, you know, we knew that obviously we moved in Spain, it's a different language, but we we're like, oh, they're going to go to a British school. So they're speaking English. Everything is going to be fine. And this is what they, what they need to do anyway. Um, but taking a lot of consideration of how the children will be interacting and going into a new space, even though we thought we were raising really well, confident children is still um, something that could always be an issue. So for my daughter, for my middle one, my middle child, um, which is, you know, she's the most timid, she's most quiet. And, um, you know, you would be like, oh, that's the one that wouldn't be any issues. She actually started school and would just have really bad anxiety attacks. And 
um, where to a point where she was biting her nails and biting the cuticle so badly her nails would, you know, her, her fingers will bleed. Um, and this went about for almost a year, just, you know, she was anxious. She would say, mommy, my heart feels like it's beating so fast, it's about to come out of my chest. And I thought there's gotta be something. And I was like, why are you so anxious? Like, well, you know, the people here, um, you know, they yell at me and, you know, some other girls are yelling at me and school um, because she's a picky eater. So when they put food for her, they're like, you eat your food, like things in that. And so she just never had that somebody to tell her like that. Um, and then culturally, too, we notice obviously it's a lot as a big difference from the United States, how conservative and and um, I would say a lot more sheltered the children are than the children are here. You know, they're open and they talk about things and they can, you know, call you stupid. And that just means that, you know what, you didn't pay attention enough. And, you know, in the U.S., you don't hear things like that um, for the kids to especially not around their age. So culturally was really tough and then my son you know we're dealing with a teenager at that time being 14 turning 15 you know hormones kicking in um and then you know we are one of parents like my husband and I will constantly watch like documentaries on Netflix and then we found you know documentaries that talked about social media the dark web like what's happening and so we we called my son in and I remember you know asking him um you know hey like you know these things these are the things that we're watching like, how do you feel about it? Like, what's going on? And he would say, like, yeah, you know, actually, like, there are websites. And within an, within Instagram itself, there's a whole nother login that you can go in. Like, you know, kids that want to commit suicide and all that stuff. And I was like, what? Um, and I remember, you know, um, when she was when he was younger, like, I think he was 12 or uh, 13, one of his friends was cutting and, you know, if anybody knows about cutting, it's like, you know, when kids take razors or, or knives or blades um, um, or uh, scissors and they will cut their wrist or anywhere else that, you know, for, for them to bleed. So that's like a call for attention. Um, so, you know, I remember that, obviously, um, you know, when that kid was going through it. And then now, most recently, you know, um, my daughter, my middle daughter came to me with, um, you know, letting me know that one of her friends is cutting and I thought, okay, what's going on? So, um, you know, as, as a parent, all we can do really is just making sure we heavily involved with our children, um, having conversations with them constantly. You can't be like, oh, she's 12 or 10 or eight. Um, you know, she needs to be by herself or she needs to be playing with dolls and, and, and think that these kids don't know. Um, if it's not them, they're exposed to somebody else who's going through it. So it's just always better to more be a little bit more heavily involved than not. So having conversations, spending time, and like Anna mentioned about having the da mommy-daughter time, having time to just talk, especially when you're dropping them off to school in the morning, or if you're not, you know, taking them to activities, have conversations with them, find out what do they like, what they don't like, you know, what are things that are going on, what friend and so on, and get to know their friends, the friends that they're around, the circle that they're around. That way, you know, where certain influences are coming from and not. And every child is different, you know, so I mean, within my own three, they're all different. All of them come with from different, um, you know, characteristics or personalities that they come along with. You know, one is really timid. You would be like, okay, um, for her to be influenced would be really tough. Um, you know, my last one is, you know, strong as a concrete, but then sometimes 
you know, Anna, I can relate a lot with, you know, Halima and what my daughter, you know, my youngest puts herself right now. I mean, Lizzie has been saying that she wants to go into Harvard since she was eight years old when she, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, found out, you know, I was taking executive education there. And she's like, I want to get into Harvard. So she's already, you know, go online, find out what she wants to do finds out what the requirements are. This is a 10-year-old right now. She just, I mean, she's 10, but she's been doing this for a very long time. She invests her money in sweatshirts about Harvard. She wants to go into, you know, the school, gone into far as Roblox, even built the university, you know, going into her, um, her little, um, uh, what is it, video game that she plays. And she built, you know, Harvard University because she has that standard. And this is a girl where, you know, right now she's bringing me A pluses when she has a normal A, because here they have A plus, A and A minus, she beats herself. She's like, I can't have that because these are not the grades that are going to get me to Harvard. More so that the teachers will actually send me notes and to state that, you know, um, that it's not normal for a child to be that, um, you know, um, I don't know, I don't want to say the word progressive, but really um, such a go-getter that she's really afraid of failure. And I want her to just be a 10-year-old kid. I just want her to be happy yeah. and, yeah, you know, not worry about all these things and, and the pressure mm -hmm. that she puts on herself, not like we put it on her, but she puts the pressure. So, you mm -hmm. know, and all that, you don't know what it could be doing to her. And so mm -hmm. these are conversations. And I say all this to say that, you know, you have to have these conversations with the, with your children and not so that you know, you might be putting the pressure on them. Sometimes they put it on themselves to create that anxiety. When, you know, my son, mm -hmm. when he moved here, I mentioned the anxiety that he went through, you know, being around boys that were from a different country and, you know, trying to fit in. And I mean, he went through a really tough time you know, uh, trying to fit in into this culture and then that culture and then being called one name and then going to this school and then being stigmatized. And so it's really, really tough having teenagers. And plus, boys don't open up like girls do. Boys, you know, it's right. usually like a wall. Hey, I'm trying to be cool, dude. Close the door. So I opened the door and try to engage them. Like, you know, come in, let's talk. Let's watch a movie together. Let's go shopping together. You literally have to be friends with them now. It's very different from the times that our parents' generation, um, you know, I would say from me, bring, you know, the way I was brought up is very different from the way I'm, I'm bringing my children up because these type of kids now, they're very heavily involved in technology. And once you have that, they can be exposed to anything, not as, as much as we limit. Like I said, they're going to school with other people that may not be limited the same way. So you don't know how your kids can be exposed. You just cannot look at what you're surrounded at home. You have to think about in the in their community, whether they go to ballet, my girls go to ballet or, you know, soccer play or whatever else. If they're having friends outside, you don't know whatever influence. I mean, my girls come in and they talk about Donald Trump all the time. And I'm like, how are you hearing <laughs> these things? Oh, my friend so-and-so said that. And my friend so-and-so said that. And again, the influence from outside coming in, it can be very heavy. So we just have to be mindful um, on that. And I wanted to talk a little bit, touchy, a little bit thing about the postpartum depression, you know, after going through three children. Um, I saw, you know, a few of my friends actually that went through it. And it's a really tough time. 
And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had my son when I was 24. And I would say, you know, maybe if I didn't know better, I would say maybe I even went through it a little bit, right? Because here I am, you know, graduating from college, started a job, and then, you know, I have to look at this child to care for. And I'll be like, this kid depends on me to eat, depends on me to breastfeed, you know, I mean, to to, to poop, change, shower, everything. And my son used to sleep on my chest up to the age of nine months, no lie. That's how he would sleep every night. He would sleep on my chest because if I put him down, he would cry. So he slept on my chest for nine months that obviously he was getting really heavy and I couldn't do it anymore. And that time I would put him on the side with one arm because he was the first child. I didn't know better, but the next one's honey. Did I not throw them? <laughs> I, th- I threw them like, go into your crib. You figure it out. Like, but you know, the first one I had to figure, you know, how hard it was. But, you know, it's it's that. And it was just a lot. I remember thinking, oh, my God, like I would literally be that same way after, you know, till five o'clock when my husband would get off work for me to be able to go shower. And it's so much. And if you're in the U.S., you know, you the maid, literally you um, I I call myself all sorts of names, you know, from our the maid, our, our, you know, I don't want to use the other words, but. You know, I would call yeah. these, you know, really horrible names for myself. And I'm like, I'm literally I'm just like a cow. You you eat, you poop, you sleep, I change, I go cook, I clean. And so it can be a lot for a brand new mm-hmm. mother, especially for a younger mother to go through it. And um, luckily, I had my mom there to help me. And then obviously, within my own community, you know, friends that were really helpful. But it made me think, you know, when um, Nafi, uh, you know, mentioned about uh postpartum it made me think about a lot about the journey and some of my friends that actually went through it having a brand mm-hmm. new child not knowing so much um of of the responsibility it's a lot of responsibility to handle and manage that and then the stigma around it like oh you have a child you cannot fail or you're so mm-hmm. blessed to have a child what are you talking about and so how do we really um you know move move you know move around that um to just really have those type of conversations um you know so i would i would let um maybe nafi talk about a little bit about that sure sure thanks our thanks anna wow actually that was a great insight as far as you guys as the way you um you know go about it with your kids the way you're keeping the communication line open that is the biggest thing you have to make sure that you're checking in on people not just ch- your kids we have to check in on each other our sisters our brothers our cousins make sure everybody is doing okay we don't check in with each other uh, uh enough i feel like mm-hmm. and as far as as far as the postpartum depression that uh you you just talked about our so so i don't know if i mentioned this but some of the symptoms would be you know it, it like just crying a lot you know when you're a new mom you know mm-hmm. people say you have hormones going on you're hormonal so you know you have mood swings and sometimes it could be just anxiety um, or, you know, having difficulty bonding with the baby. And this could actually happen anytime um, um, from two weeks after you have the baby, all the way to a month, I, sorry, a year after you have the baby, you could have these types of feelings. And the thing is, we have to, especially, you know, uh, not not here 
um, in the diaspora, but especially in Gambia, I wanted to, you know, have us talk about it. I don't, I have never heard of anybody growing up having postpartum depression. I've never heard of it. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know if we just know what it is or we're not aware. That's why it is very important to, to increase awareness of, of these types of mental, you know, disorders and, and illnesses, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, one of you can, can, can talk about it in, in Wolof, you know, about, you know, when you have a kid and, but in general, um, some of the, some of the things that would cause somebody to have, you know, a breakdown or something like that would be uh, stressors, right? Mm-hmm. If you have stress in your life, it could be any type of stress, social stress, right? We in, in Africa or in Gambia, particularly, you know, most African uh, uh, communities, people live together, right? You have an extended family. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stuff, dynamics going on, different characters, not, not, not uh, you know, gelling together. There's arguments, there's fights, there's all kinds of stuff. So, people's minds you know like you there's a lot going on for you to handle right it mm-hmm. could be that you're living in a like for example right mm-hmm. you know family home or what what not right so so you know I'm like you know so the stress of everybody having to deal with each other you know postpartum uh, sorry uh, uh, PTSD right uh, post traumatic stress disorder maybe darala joton hale then you know maybe then the rape or then la defondara you know you're still dealing with that you know you carry a lot of self hate a lot of helplessness and hopelessness you know it, within yourself and you have nobody to talk to you can feel very isolated you know and mm-hmm. in those instances you know then they saw hale you 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 know nga hamne trauma yo hamne yanko am dipi binga neke hale you know koy dem wahne you know fuma neka ni dama they feel very um how do you even say depressed in wolof I don't know if there's a word. Know. There's, I mean, I'm sure there's a word, but uh, I don't I'd really. Um, I don't know what. You know? I really like, don't. You know, mm. dang boto gele gele giange joy sa holbangi nahari. You know, amne you amne you bari yo hamne. You know, so ko halat. Hmm. Halat bi opa domu na nele ugudi domu na lekat. Wala you know. So yi yep bude yango feel. Waringa dem wahanit. Mm-hmm. Because the concept of being doff is so looked down upon, you know, it's so stigmatized. Right? In, in our community, why? Because we are so afraid to be labeled that I'm some of those symptoms. You know, and then something like, uh, you know, uh, uh, for psych- psych- uh, psychotic episodes, legi legi, ah, stress, dinatah benga am a psychotic breakdown. A psychotic breakdown is very different from having something like schizophrenia. Those are very different things. Legi legi, dinga stress out, benga hamne, danga atok rek melni kudof. 
you know, in your mind, you are not able to process things. You're not making sense. You know, uh, you have confusion, you know, you know and so people people go through episodes like that if they are going through something very stressful in life it could it could flip their minds for them if they're not able to deal with it you know another that might cause a psychotic episode might be drugs you know street drugs certain drugs you you know marijuana you know, chemicals You know, so then you buy hell You know, because a mental breakdown. because it causes a lot of damage to your neurotransmitters in your brain. You know, because you know, sometimes, um, you know, street words, you know, like in the U.S., you know, I, when I talk to my patients, they have lots of names for it. Like sometimes they'll call it K2. Sometimes it's called Spice. You know, you know, there's LSD, PCP. You know, there's a lot of these uh, uh, street drugs that so could you It might end up causing you to have psychotic breakdowns. Right. right, right. So, so and, and sometimes the psychotic breakdown, you might have it, you go to the hospital, you get hospitalized for a little while, you get treated, and uh, you feel better. Once that stress has been relieved, you feel a lot better, and you go on and you live your life, right? So, mm-hmm. America, you know, why do you America, you do every day, you know? Every day. Mental disorders, you know, people have depressions, people have a lot of other stuff, but they they are getting treated and they're functional in society, you know. Why Gambia? Oh, all over the place, you know. And so we need to also talk about the support. You know, we need to talk about what kind of supports is available. I know that uh in do in, in Gambia, the only place that I used to know, Kampama, do remember in Kampama? Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now it's Tanka Tanka. Right. Yeah, yeah. Kampama is now closed. And now the, the 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 only mental facility they have in the Gambia is Tanka Tanka. And I visited Tanka Tanka a few times because when I come on my medical trips in Gambia for my volunteer work, um I, I went specifically there uh, uh with a friend of mine, Aida Sane. And, and, and it's it's very saddening, some of the things that you see. I mean, these are people that you know. So they may fufu, dinga gis nyo hamne, ya yena on class. You know, like there's people right. there that you might know. Um, and so, but the the one thing we need to do is we need to increase not just awareness, but awareness, but a supportive environment for people. And also, you know, a lot of... um these these treatment facilities to make them available there's not a lot available at tanka tanka i've been there three times different times i've been there i've donated medications there before um but the sad part of it is that gambia right i think about what are the medications that people most likely need and if i'm going to be honest um antipsychotics and mm-hmm. antidepressant medications. It's it's low on my list. Dumakoi indilubari. Why? Because can do my gotta be depression medication. Can do my antipsychotic medications, right? So diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, that's the main things that we want to treat. 
you know, why when it comes to mental health, uh, you know, depression and, 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 and schizophrenia and stuff like that, you know, nobody really goes out and asks for help for those kinds of things. And so yeah, that's, that's true. Nafi, if I could just come in before I forget this thought, I just wanted to to share that there definitely is a disproportionate sharing of mental health professionals, especially Mm -hmm. in the rural areas, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. what you find is that you might find some mental health professionals in the capital cities, but you go to the rural areas and there's none, Mm -hmm. absolutely none. So if someone lives in such areas without any mental health care, of course, they'll have to find alternatives to to care for them like traditional healers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i just wanted to get into that because because it happens in nigeria it happens in benin it happens Absolutely. all over africa where we turn to traditional healers but the way these people are being treated first of all they have mental health and they go to traditional healers and all these things are things that we have to discuss because obviously we understand that that's post-traumatic um, postpartum depression but because they don't understand what it is they come back and they're even worse off than right. before they left right. and i just Correct. wanted to say that you know as a culture we have to start understanding that mental illness and mental health is real yeah the way so mm-hmm. mental health because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but it's not normal. Wala yo sa bopa sa behavior mungi change. Demansi doctor bilunu dara nekusi. You know, mm-hmm. because I wanted to also bring up the fact that just yesterday, Dr. Nafi, you had shared with us um, there was a discussion on Facebook, and mm-hmm. it was a discussion about Gambian women um, of Facebook personalities and how they are prime target for cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. on there, we had Fatu Baji, there was Fatu mm-hmm. Rahman Kuka, there was Ami Bella. There was Mariama Samate, there was Ajijang, Ajijang, uh-huh. and there was Sajo Sisoho. And these uh-huh. are all Gambian Facebook personalities. And they came on there to show that they are targeted for cyberbullying. Mm. And a lot of people don't understand that cyberbullying can lead to mental health issues. Right. Because yeah. when we talk about cyberbullying, we're talking about either hurting someone by using information or communication technologies, right? So that means your phone or your iPad or the internet. Mm -hmm. And what they would do is they would send harassing messages. Some of them would send videos where they just talk very nasty about each other. They're posting disparaging comments on social media networking sites, or they're posting humiliating, humiliating pictures. And, and I don't know one Gambian that hasn't had either a dick pic sent to their WhatsApp or a woman who is naked somewhere or an audio of an audio of someone being talked about in a bad way. And I feel like these are also 
it was really nice to see these women come together. To, well, it was very educational and informative to see these women come together and share their personal experiences that they've been through with regards to cyberbullying and how mm -hmm. it could have led to some mental health breakdowns. But thank God that, you know, most of them said, I'm strong. So I was able to handle it. And our Mary, you just mentioned about how we need to dispel this idea of the yes, strong black exactly. woman so we can handle everything. And I was so happy during the, the discussion session, Fatumata Rahman Koka had mentioned that she should have reached out to a professional because it was a lot of pressure on her while she was mm -hmm. being bullied by her right. in-laws and by people in, 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 in the media and back home in Gambia and Sweden. It, it was a lot. And she was like, I wish I had gone to see a therapist and I wish, you know, I had taken some tablets because one of the issues she brought up was the fact that people were spreading rumors about her taking tablets and her taking antidepressive medicine. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If she was, it's okay. Mm -hmm. We need to normalize taking care of yeah. our mental health just right. as we take care of our physical bodies Absolutely. when something, when we have an ailment. And I just wanted to touch on that, but yeah. oh, Mary, please go ahead and, and yeah. add some more yeah. if you have something yeah. to share. No, I mean, actually you, you, really touched on heavy <laughs> really did. heavy things um you did yeah so i think you know you covered a lot in, in terms of um you know the the stigma that's around gambia um in terms right. of um, mental health and so on but i think you know um like you said um putting that label behind it like okay just because you know just because you this personality um, you know, or TV personality or uh, social media personality that you so strong that you're not supposed to go see a therapist. I think that's something that we definitely need to change because it's all the stigma that we put around it. And, you know, there's heavy anxiety that goes on, you know, with um, people um, because of what they see in social media, um, what they want to live up to, the certain standards that they need to live up to. And then people that can make it really horrible. I mean, I think before that, too, there was another social media thing that went out with somebody who wanted to commit suicide. And so there was um, um, some video that went around, I remember watching, where, um, you know, the same person was pleading, like, you know, leave this girl alone because she wants to commit suicide because of this. And, um, you know, the same video we heard that, um, you know, from yesterday was that you know, somebody else was uh, wanted to commit suicide. So I think these are like really heavy now um, where society now are even thinking deeper because, you know, back in the day, these are things that we didn't hear. It would happen, but it was, you know, kind of in the community would just, you know, play it hush hush so you don't get to hear it. But now people are mm -hmm. opening more um about it like hey watch out I would I'm going to do this to myself and you know want to inflict pain on themselves and that's really um, sad and I think Nefi when you talked about the postpartum too just wanted to point mm -hmm. like you know back in the day or even now till this day you'll hear about you know babies that are you know dumped in in um, in, in Gambia specific, specifically you know they have the um what are they called? The sewer, the sewer pipes, the the yeah. pahimbere, whatever, you know, where you mm -hmm. would hear that there was a baby there or it's in the dumpster or here or dropped off at some, you know, random house and so on. And and so, mm -hmm. you know, these type of things are going on. And so you don't know what, you know, triggered for the, you know, yeah. for the person to do that. And more so mm -hmm. these young girls now that are, you know, getting the teen pregnancies and want to terminate their pregnancies 
and losing their lives because of that. That's another epidemic that's going on actually in Africa where they're drinking anything possible to terminate their pregnancies just because, you know, what the family could bring. That's a whole nother, you know, mental illness that could come around it because you have to think about it's depression, some sort of depression that's getting you to that place. And like you said, if you're not taking medication ahead of time to kind to prevent, you know, and, and help you go through these it becomes something larger and greater later on. Those are the things that you mm-hmm. can't even commit and imagine what that would do after the fact. If you know, if you don't lose your life, obviously, what that will be, you know, in your head, like going through the things that you've taken, or if you've dumped your child, imagine, you know, that thing that you go through. And um, one thing that I actually wanted us to talk about, too, is, you know, the instances of rape. You know, some of these young girls or boys that are going through rape in the Gambia. Um, With or the even... post, that's the post-PTSD. You exactly. Know, they have that trauma they're dealing with forever and some of them become depressed and feel so isolated you know exactly and so maybe you know these are the um, you know conversations that we can have too that they don't have anybody that they can talk to I know there's um, you know more help that are coming now on the ground um, but mm-hmm. at the same time is it open are they really um, are parents even you know knowing that this is happening and girls do they feel safe enough to go to talk to somebody and what is that, you know, okay, do we just talk about it and walk away? But what if you feel like there's some anxiety and depression? Most of the time, there's anxiety that comes behind it, you know, for victims mm-hmm. of rape. There's a lot of, you know, one, it could be depression, but I know anxiety comes a lot behind it. You know, more so to even be alone with a guy or a woman. You know, I know, you know, some young boys that have actually, you know, gone through rape and same thing with some young girls that have actually gone through rape. You know, mm-hmm. the resources that we have, um, whether it's in the Gambia or in, even across Africa, you know, what can we do and talk to these girls to say that, you know, it's okay, you can go and have these conversations. And if there's anxiety, what can you do? Who do you need to talk to? Because, mm-hmm. you know, these are triggers that will really um, affect you for the rest of your life um, if you don't do right. something about it. You know, it could be later on when you married and, you know, have a relationship it could be things that, um, you know, could, could trigger, you might, you might have triggers later on. So it could be, you know, during, you know, having intimacy where, you know, those type of things that you've gone through trauma might affect you, you know, certain things like that. Um, and those are all type of, you know, mental illnesses that, you know, could trigger in some sort of way. Um, so I think it's just putting that um, wall to think that we just this strong, we just got to forget about it. It's the biggest mistake that we can, you know, that we do for ourselves. Right. Yeah. Right. I totally. I just wanted to say, and unfortunately for us in Gambia, it doesn't matter what socioeconomic um, level you're on. Everyone is dealing with mental illness in a way where Mm -hmm. the stigma is there. It's very secretive. Everybody hides it. Mm -hmm. We've all heard the stories where it's like, yeah, family, for them, wow, you know, I have heard that so many times. And most of the time, it's people who are coming from very well off families. And you'll see like, they're having a hard time finding a spouse because their Mm -hmm. family has been stigmatized as being crazy, Mm -hmm. right? Or, uh, and I also just wanted to say that 
I don't think there's anything wrong with faith and spirituality being part of the recovery process for people who have mental illness and make it part of the treatment plan. But you have to understand Nun Gambian, but then you want to understand the Yobu Nini, Sisering, the Nunila Sanga Safararek is not the solution. Fuck New Yobu and see doctors, the professional mental health physicians, so that they can find out what is going on. Because what the Ganeal and Nunip Gumnenyal and Nunip Hamninian, Yobu Nufusuri, Hamninitrini, some of them are gifted indeed. But Nitsufia Barek, Nijerko Yobu Sisering, Nusanga Konga, Indiwar Konganewa, Fatninko, some, some, most of the time, Fatunko, because mm-hmm. it will, it's going to be a reoccurring thing, or, you know, they'll have another episode, they get triggered, and then it starts all over again. So I just wanted to say that not to knock religion or not to knock the churches and the mosques and some of the traditional practices that we yeah, have, but yeah. we have to make sure we combine it with actual medical treatment plans. Yes. I I mean, you hit, you hit the nail right on the head, Anna, because I've always struggled with that. You know, when people ask me, you know, having a medical background, people always say, well, the thing is, we all grew up in this tradition, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. all it's in some form uh, or shape, some, you know, people believe that they get some type of relief by going to these places. Gambia, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing you do is you run to the setting. Did you leave it? You <laughs> run to the setting. Gambia, when you when, when somebody's gone crazy, the first thing we do, we run to the setting. So the thing is, we, we have a lot of belief system in this setting, and not that, it, not that we shouldn't, but if you're not getting any relief, there is no reason for five, six, seven years. My God, if they don't get better in one year, even one year is a long time to wait. You know, you And it's not that so rombe ni ni chimbeda bi ni nyoham ni nyuge ame mental disorder nyuge tahau tahau alo chiyon bi ne kudne nyonyo send family bi members yobu unyan chiserini I'm sure ne yobu try na nyolo you know mm-hmm. but, but at the but at the end of the day bude lolo ne kudil lolo you know it doesn't if it didn't work you know and that's basically where we stop you know bode me chiserini binga yobu 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 for a while bu if it doesn't work that's where we stop. You know, one, one, a reason for that, a barrier to that, it's because, you know, there, to be honest, there's not a lot of, 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 of facilities where you can go and take your, your, your family member. Right. Right. Before right. Tanka Tanka is it. So Tanka Tanka Bude Fofu Fesna for you, Busamboka. Right. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. and so, Tanka Tanka Tamit, Garab Neko for Purunu Johlenko. It's pretty much just a, that would be a facility for babysitting. Mm-hmm. but they're sitting over there but where's the medication to treat them you know what True. i mean mm-hmm. nothing sorry um i wanted you to also table fat so in boki sauce because i'm not a diga diga gumanga lack of sauce so bulen fat what 
didn't know Mary Bell. Next time, I don't to dive into, into the mandinka. <laughs> oh my gosh. So let me just say a quick thing. Somebody manding called Biwong Konata Jang Nalia Kachado Manding. But in Bekacha, see if I'm on for a Biwong, you know, Mol Hakilol Katin Kunya Dile. Sasa, see if I'm on Kamol Hakilol Muta. You know, so Nyantanga of Fanan Kacha because Nagambia Banko Kang. Yama yama bije nimmo nimmo yesa sa soto komun kunna sa sa ye depression soto wato yama bije mbukafo mbukaku kacha mobe kataraderine depression o yama yama mumfensifa ikawole je balo balani ye depression o soto wolong ikaje le yama yama ika 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 ni kuya katarela ibukasino no bake wala ibukadomoro keno bake you know ibe 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 finkering you know ibe 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 dal ibe dame ni kuya dorombe batandela ndu gambia ni kuya ben mo ay mo jamale soto gambia you know baridol bije ni na be la fanas fo songol bijele muya lonko you know ika imiral nyafa ngoy pngokono wala ibe diamule faye wati dol ibe mul fo la fanga buka abuka fenko you know ibuka understand fa ibe mum foka kujamal bije ni wo nyongol je fango kalon ne ko mantara kende yari mbake de you know ngoto mantara kende yari barin to lamol mbuka hanyi ka foko alimako so nkatara deiringa di minayele, ntafola moye, ntita doktorolia. So sign in sign fanang, ninko monya matale, you know? Isaje mobe, mobe be bulotili na marile, mobe be kusifa be fola marie, you know? Wakati nale mwomari, jamal bije, na sasa abela, ajanabe wajabila follow fang, ibuka hanyi kafo moye, ikatara deiringa tole dorong, you know? So ibajile watidoli se samba, a uh, uh, moral ya purieta borol dila yeta minna fengol dila so jama jama ise oke ye oke ye la mo samba mu ya lon koy kamari you know ak ngole fenketa tatale you know ibajele le kwa mari isa samba no nyawo nya a uh, uh, moral ya amari mankendea nali wo nyongol jamari ya lia samba lia samba silang amankendea ala katali wo in komun ka fo nyame nga samba ay morphing ye morphing jararo kai ni mofin jararo ni mantara amari betiandikan alinga katanga samba tubab jararo to tubab jararo to fenti je barin tol jama jama mbukala fitala woto because nka foleko mamol animumol wolbe kata mofin jararo to sontol tita tubab jararo to barin ninga mofin jararo kata domanding ama kuol manta alinga katanga ta tubab jararo fanan domanding jube jama jama ninga fanan kata waka kuol fisiandile domanding so nsen na mol samba fuise borol dila. Watidol bije ni musol uluta. Ni uluta watu muna ikajele watidola musonying, uh, you know, asifengko soto ikafo muye postpartum depression. Muye alonka marise tarla kumbola watu wati abukala fifanga ya adingo muta. Ni adingo diyala kwe mala famutala. You know, wanyongol beka kijele. You know, watidola sekontan, watidola ikamfa. You know, nyalio woje mola ala mari makwe. Because until Gambia no katua fola leko, ah until depression o man soto yang, until mumu ofingo let, until malo muno depression o, until malo muno nyinti, until malo muno nyinti. Bari nyantaleng ka onyon dia musifa abula, because ninka ofo, ibati nalale hanimbadi ngol mulia alonko, abe bala, abe batandila, ibe malulale wala ibe silalale kafuntina nkana afo. Because ni afo, until ngafo nyoe, wai dukare kanan batandi, ite mugambia no liti, ibe munibet, until man depression long. 
wala ndol ma nyama fengkolo you know wala fengo muya longko fanang nka fae ngamira manika kangoto ikafole wayo wolong komunika fenke ikaboy bankoto ibalo bebe jara jara lay ba folo ko fen you know fengkole bala fenne bala you know wo be mu sa sale ti muya longko boro se obondino you know wayo nabe mola common seizures wala epilepsy iset isa sambano ye boro dia marila nika boro dia la lungolo america banko konate banaje mol mulye wayo soto mulye seizures nyol soto ibe tamala lungolo mi bitela hajol to potola ibe boro tala ibe continue la hajola barin tol na molu ni wonyon kusi fal bela you know mobe silela doltela file mala naketa mobe be borla you know alinkan na mol makoy You know, when you are near Marie Samba, Tata, Ali, Ali, Asamba Moro, ya ye Boro, Dinding, Allah, Nyawa, Nyawa, Manna, Betia, Allah, Samba, Tubabu, Boro, To, Yeta, Ama, Kwe, Woto. So, Binna, Kachabi, Mumunti, Wolo, Alinka, Nyo, Jube, Nka, Nyo, Topoto, Ninga, Jefengo, Muya, Lonka, Mari, You know, Ninyon, Sasa, Sifa, Mumbe, Mol, Kungobala, Mobu, Kajeno, Amari, Katara, Mabula, Sondomoto, Bari, Malo, Muya, Lonko, Mobu, Kala, Fifuntila, Nankafo, Kwenye, Ndebena, mantara kende yarinde nsondo mokono miofo momo e molbe jelelela dolbe kuma kuolfole e koma moja malbu kala fifuntila kafo nyoe so alingang hakilo tu mkanyoma kwe ni mosa satana molkono alinka natu suokono wala ngafoko ngasamba mofinjara roto ngasamba nsamba ngamambetia woto alinga tuwapsilofa na njini ngatajara je mkanamari tufairin suokono doro so I hoped I covered a little bit on that I just touched on the fact that for example Something like epilepsy mm -hmm. is not a mental. It is not a mental disorder. So people need to stop thinking that epilepsy is a mental disorder. Do you want need that for Dan or Dan America, every people have that, and America fidang figures up. Right. But people have epilepsy. So nini diladau niyang you put so much stigma on the on 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 epilepsy. Epilepsy, they mom, you know, it's just it's a neurological, you know, disorder. That's right. all it is, right. you know. So snag your hair, get a break, mu control lulu, you know, and you're fine. You know, so you want to do you want Let's talk about that too, because I remember as a kid, I really thought that guy Danu Rabambi daf mawala. So you never could down down Danu Rab epilepsy epilepsy do do hamne. It's a contagious disease. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Mane lege na fi yo hamgadang yo mom man mom man so se bo bisa man mono na ko but anyway if in one of the lege ana wane wa hanti yefi wuja bi because you know wuja yi li nyo neka fufu non di dem siri nyaku yo you know and say you buddy that for cause a lot of mental illness in our community that's like you know people in the Gambia that marry multiple wives Um, mm -hmm. Because you know the Quran obviously allows it, and so they they do that. They have multiple wives, and you hear stories, horrendous stories, all the time. You know where the second wife or the first wife or the third wife, and so on and so forth, have done something to the wife, have done something mm. to the child, and what that has caused. I will say that to be honest, you know, I I talked about the story before with my aunt, but it actually started from that, um, from the. Um, you know the 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 other wife. Um, you know, doing very harmful things to her children, and you know that's how it started the depression um, for her. And so it's okay. you know those those type of things that I think we need to also just maybe have touched briefly 
that if you're going to do that, you know, just be careful because life, um, you know, it's it's one of those that obviously, um, you know, I mean, I don't know what would go through somebody's mind to even be able to harm a child, but to know mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the effects that it would have on the parent, um, on the child itself, but also on the parent, you know, and the triggers. So I think that's something we need to highlight because, and then, you know, uh, they, they allow you to, I mean, that might be a whole nother episode because they allow you to marry wives, you know, three, four wives, but then you don't treat them equally. And so that's another thing too, where you see depression, anxiety, and all that, that really happens in a, you know, in a large compound where you have multiple wives. So, um, mm-hmm. Anna, I'm sure you, you have some stories around that, that you could share. Oh, one just, or two. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say, <laughs> Nyari jabar nyeti jabar nyeti jabar munlen solen munu bagilen yo munu lo manej bena jabar ngane dinga manej nyar ngane dinga manej nyeta ngane dinga manej nyenen because the conversation cannot be had without the man being part of it because right. the the problem is the competition amongst the wives for the attention of the husband yo jikar bi so gisene sa jabar yenge ngiro ngaro nilenge hex nilenge yobu wante it oda sering yo nga tok diko setan deflo si dara ahabi ak bakar bi yep sa bopa bi la kopu te yalla kopu sa bopa bi because yo so hamene munu lo handul modan bena jabar te ngati bena jabar te mc why solen ame tuti halis wala ñu promote len from one job to to the other ngeen dem di taka ñaar ñetta xale yi ndaw yi ngeen indul len ci situations yo xamne ñom ci seen bop xamuñ ci liñ duga bi pare do len wax ci liñu duga bañ duga suñ duggé be ci biir gis ne ah fi de dara baaxu fi way fekk duga nañ be pare xidna biir nañ ci suko defé seen parents di len pressure tok len ci biir sey bi sey da nga sey ngir yaala but also i want to say to the women yena jaroko amna ne solen setane ay ay pote marichou ak ay theatre senegalais ci ñu nan la waw sey be de sey be sey bu len sey be de jaruko sey be sey ci lan su de di ngeen xamni sey bi ngeen dugg tera lu bax nek neku fa mu ngeen ak gene because lolu yalla daf ko allow ci bir qur'an bi so su de wahi qur'an bi lañu wax ak wahi religion lañu wax yalla dafa may digeen da droit pour mu gene ci sey bo xamni is not healthy for them so ñun jigeen itami dañ wara bëgg suñ bopa te suñ duggé ci yéna façon yi suñ xamé né duga nañ ci te understand ñu gëna ba paré yi fi hét tamit yéné da nga gis bénna goor dina taka olof bi dina taka pul bi taka soosé bi taka jola bi su ko défé ku nekka dina la woné suma sëriñ bi mo gëna mun jolaay dem ci sen jalangi so say dem ci sen sëriñ yi su ko défé olof bi dem sénégal duga ci biir ala bi muné mu nga dem ci village uti sëriñam pol yi ñom du ñoo duga gini dem ci sen sen ñam jooda yoyu non ku ni kangi loolu yëp ci lan daf ko jarut ba paré yaahante bi ala yi ngina yaaha ba paré yeen sen bopa yene ngi yaahante ti jaru ko so dañ wara baye hel ci loolu we live in a world in a society where ñaaka dafa bari te yena ñaaka su amé daf di def nit ñi ñu desperate and i understand yeah. that right. and yena desperation calls for things that in your right mind and if you were in a different situation you won't allow right. why so neke si situations you have you're desperate you don't think about the future or you don't think about the consequences you're just thinking how do i get myself out of this condition that i'm in right now that is not favorable mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. hale yu gori 
gori na bu gawal suñ papa yi taka ñaari jabar suñ onkul yi taka ñetti jabar suñ suñ xale yi ndaw yi legi bir america sax fi dang fi gis ay ndaw di taka ay ñaar ñetti jabar carrément ku nek ñu tekla sa bir townhouse wala ñu tekla sa bir apartment ba pare xale yi jigen ni nek fi di wujante you know so please culture amna wow why culture need more to create new new create culture so new 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 change culture we can evolve and grow so if it ligeyante di yaha domi jamburi be pare di yahante dagn ko wara bay way hale yi gori gori yen lay wahal most of the responsibility is on your head because so munu tam manage bena ñaari ñetti jabar bu si duga sudi da nga dagal jabar bi ñeme jabar bele yo kon polygamy du pour yow because gor da nga taxaw tek sa jigen yep nga waxal len ñu xamne ñom ñepp em way sude lolu munu loko bul si duga fofu la em si bobu awamere bobu mom that's good legi nañ xar ban ding ko rek moko nda ma def ko nak way awa awo billahi bayi ma wa next time jelal bi rek na la defen diko defé yo nga wax bi rek nga close you are after right yo nga yo nga jël next one bi wa dede yo defal bi rek nga amna suñ paré be closing bi man next one next episode bi suñu wé man def so ça so bi tumba mbadi ngol comme nga ko wofo ñamen dorong you know mbaka mbeka chala bi ñi ñi stresso mu yaalon ko mol ba soto la saka family kono you know nga nga korda ba fana nak wo fo mu yalon ko dol bi je musu fula musu saba fo musu nani bebe suoko no you know ke lol be caring mol be ño doku la ñentale mol ngang hakkilotu ño doku to be ño sambala mbatinala be ño dingol doku la be ño ñamandila you know du stress wo fango do ni be korda ba ko no you know ibe stress ring yalon ko you know albe ño fenkelante felenti mbatum fana nganinke mbatum fana nganindo soto you know wo be katinale mentally ko kono ni yela suto molte sinono la suto ibalo be fela bita you know yibala ndimo mun soto be tata ni kuya do rombulu you know alingan hakkiloto wonyon ko sifato you know ni ngaje fananko dindingol fanang ibe 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 makang manya sifa mum fananna ko nga do man dim mum fono wolo ngang hakkilotu nyin drogol fananto ko mun nyin fenkoli ka nyaamoli ka mun sabaten kambani ndingol ka nyaamol mun saba nyaamo sifa dol bije amanke nyaama ken sengoti ika tendolle ka fuwa bala say ka mulwafi ka chemical sifa dolle ka fuwa bala wokati nalen na fonding kewol yi nyaal se ma so alingang hakkilotu wonyon ku sifa to you know ninta tambe dokante mobe nyaamo wafila wala teri maka e modolo ne mumbe nyaama wafola e pour yata yewo saba alingan hakkilol tuwol beto because wo be kamunati wati ni wati kajela katina ye nyaama na fonding kewol jamal felentim be dokan wo be kerila ni wo nyongol ketila alinge samba yeta yeta nge samba tubab jara roto foyse borol dila foyse murun kotenke ye ke nyaama you know america banko kangate banaje mo jamal mul nyaasema barila mol se sambayeta doktoroje ye borol dila imari se murunnan kotenke ye kende ya ye kereya ye kontinela do kola ye ke mo keroti so bitum alinkana foko mesilala kanna mo samba pour yeta tubab jararo pour ye ma koy woto korda ba ko no fanan ala la dindingol jube e bajela wati dol ku ku kolengol dol se la dindingo kan maybe ke dole boyta kan wala fendo a dindima abe silalate o fola moye wo dindingo ye wo dimina ma bo sondo moko no anaye keba ya nyola ay nanyin depression o sota nin ni kuya wato wati dol bi jey sajali sidro ya moy kariye bo riya ya famfa 
kari felenta ya fang fai kolongo kono wala afenketa teng afenketa teng alinga hakilo tu wonyo sifa ton se mol ma koy nganyo ma koy nganyalol nyokan ni mobe manya sifa do munkela muyalon ko ngalon ko ni manke amanya fosongo ja halo warta wulia mari samba kana fo ko batungata ngasa fe odungaye aboba bondilale hani wulia mari samba doktor wulia ya jeye boro diala wole kwaita so nte dembe wole fala dalbi so guys i think we should kind of wrap it up what do you guys think oh yeah yeah definitely i think we've Yeah, we've hit on all the points we wanted to discuss in regards to the mental health sure. in our African communities. So, yeah. Omeri, I'll let you um, give us your takeaways or any tips that you'd like to share with the listeners. Um, well, my takeaways really, it's like, you know, um, talking to um, you ladies and hearing some of your stories or even um, just experiences that you've had um, really just really does resonate. My points will be just... Um, especially I'm very um, proactive with when it comes to teenagers um, right now is just, you know, um, having conversations with them, um, you know, talk to your, talk to your kids as much as you can um, stop being um, very aggressive with them. Um, you know, try to be, I mean, there's a time for parent and there's time to be friends. I would say really try to be, you know, friends, get to know your, your child, Um, a little bit more. I mean, the outcomes could be uh, different from, you know, no matter how much effort you do anyway um, at the end of the day, but whatever you can, um, give it your all with your kids um, because, again, you don't want, you know, that um, uh, cause of uh, anxiety and depression really kicking in into your family and becoming something really larger. Um, so that's, for me, it's, you know, my main, my main takeaway is how do we try to prevent Um, and then all the, obviously all this uh, cyber bullying that's happening and all this bullying outside, how do we try to mitigate that so that um, less and less? And I think our community is doing such a great job opening more about it and opening more about mental illness. So I hope these conversations continue within our community. That way we try try to treat and rather than stigmatizing it later and saying, oh, kid of a duff or, you know, this guy's crazy what's going on and so on and so forth. So that's my takeaway. Thank you. All right, Dr. Nafi, I'll pass it on to you. Maybe you can share with us some um, medical advice on how to handle men mental health within our families and in our communities. All right. So my takeaway for this is just, you know, the very first thing I need to make sure people know is that it is okay to say that you are not okay. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure we normalize that if you are not okay, mm -hmm. that's okay to say. We need to stop saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. No, you're not okay. And that is also okay. Do you guys feel me mm -hmm, on that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we need to, that would be the first thing that I need to make sure we tell our viewers, you know, if you're not feeling okay, it's okay. And we need to make sure that we, you know, we create a supportive environment where people can come out and say, you know what, I don't feel okay without people, you know, using that information to later harass you about it. Oh, I'm so proud of some of the people that have come out on social media to say and address that, you know what? I am not okay mentally. I need some help. Mm -hmm. And that's, we need to not take those words 
and later on use it against them then what about the hasnini about stuff like that mm-hmm. you know that could happen to anybody Absolutely. stress can cause any of us to kind of go on the deep end so we all need to understand and then by the hasnini about fever of the mind you know so i am very i'm i'm definitely um i'm i'm happy to see that people are coming out making strides talking positively about mental health in our community mm-hmm. so that we we cut out the stigmatization of 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 saying that you know this is this this is that so i am definitely very excited about that that we, you know we're, we're getting places right. and also awareness you know increasing the awareness not just support you know and i see a lot of people showed so much support for all these people that are coming out on social media mm-hmm. you know speaking truth you know telling their truth now you know man i have had some instances where you know mangi feel depressed i felt anxious mm-hmm. mangi feel the actually you know and people showed them love and that's how it needs mm-hmm. to be you know we need to help each other come out and be comfortable enough to discuss what some of our issues are and then the third thing would be you know having things like better training and and availability of of staff mental health staff gambia lolenyaka right. you know we need to have more psychiatrists we need to have more you know psych psych nurses we need to have more social workers that are helping these people you know what i mean and we need to also be able sutura so need new echo munelane dama fever something like mental health issues we need to have what we call sensitivities you know so we need to be sensitive about that information by len lulasa lulasa patient bi wax nga ñi bi ker wax ko ñi ñi we need to stop that kind of stuff yo kula ñew ne la ne dama depress bo bala nga ega ker sax yo doctor bi wala yo nurse bi o yam gum nga ñenen ci nit ku kuma dafa ñew won fi ndeke dafa depress we need to stop doing that we to have we need to make sure ne so need new echo munela ne dimbale madama am this kind of issue mental health issue bayil di dem diko wax nit ñi yo soy liggey l'hopital di nga gis ñu bare ñuy ñew fo lo xamne you know it's a private matter so dafa shame shame mo de tax ñu bare duñ de dem uti 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 help ndimbal you know and also uh, the fact that people are talking about it you know you don't get any privacy when you go to get help or treatment we need to talk about those things to kind of make it more accessible or easier for people to want to come out and tell what it is that's wrong with mm. them so for me i just want to make sure you know lidu lo hamne boko ame you know the rest of your life is over no things like depression things like schizophrenia things like anxiety li yeb dara la lo hamne ah it's treatable it's very treatable So man lo lai advice ni bo ame any kind of symptom yangi feel certain way about yourself go and get some help mm-hmm. and family members be more let's be more um uh, supportive mm-hmm. to help our family ñu yobu len ñu dimbalé len té ngeen baye wax bi behind people's backs making people feel very uncomfortable to even approach and talk to you guys about things that are happening man 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 yeah that's my my takeaway on that that's awesome Thank you Dr. Nafi. Well, we had a great another episode Absolutely. um focusing on mental health. I'm glad we were able to share, you know, our personal experiences with mental health, also 
Dr. Nafi gave us a lot of medical insight. Mm -hmm. And um, I just wanted to close by saying that African communities are no different than any other community out mm -hmm. there where everyone wants to live a healthy life, physically, mm -hmm. mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And I think it's up to us to reimagine what a healthy community looks like. Right. So on that note, ladies, until the next episode,